1: And now, your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala.
2: And it's Arthur Idala at 6.05. Thank you, Mike Morsey, for that wonderful introduction. I'm, I'm here with Sam Bellino. This is Arthur Idala. I just want to. The operations manager, there's like this wicked short here in this like headphone, you know. I mean, oh, I was, okay, so. since we're transparent on the show, and, Great. We, and Andy's probably off to Italy, who really runs this stuff here. And there's also the lock on the door the bathroom is busted so that you don't need use uh, so. this complaint hour. I well, mean, come I mean, on. you know, it's I don't get to come, I'm not even going to use the headphones now. All right, fine, don't use um, the headphones. You, you know, I don't get to come to the studio often, so I might as well. I'm here, I, I you know, we're all here to help each other. Um, you know. You guys, I, I tell you often, I'm at my law firm, and that's where um, I do most of the shows from. And Joan is there, but here when I'm in the studio, I get to hang with operations manager Matt Sambolino, who obviously I get to, um, you know, give him a hard time. Sambolino, you had a special, you. you had a special morning today. I did. My daughter had her first recital at her
0: 3K class this morning, which was great to see. It was nice to see the school, and, of course, nice to see my little girl dancing and, and you, you showed
2: me a little clip of that, and, and that looked like a lot of fun. Um, and, of course, here in the studio, just like, I mean, she tries so hard to help us with stuff, but she she's like a whirlwind of energy, Um She's technically the executive producer. She's very animated. She's supposed to be right now. I said, Joan, do me a favor. Go by the microphone so I can talk to you. She's not by the microphone. now. She's running. Now she's running to the (laughs) microphone. I'm running doing everything at the same time. Okay, but Joan, we could do everything at the same time with like the calmness of a Sambolino.
3: Yeah, I don't have that.
2: I know, but let's work. Just try decaf. In other words, the machine out there, it has like the Colombian coffee, the Italian, and then there's a whole section that says decaf (laughs) specialties. You could just go with that. Um, you and me both. Your mother always, Chicky Rita and Padre Lou always tell me I'm like your twin. No, 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 Joan. I apologize, but that is just, you, you're not my twin, Joan. <laughs> I, like when I'm in the courtroom and i uh, Luca Joseph is here. Luca, uh, we had special guest star, Luca Joseph. Luca Joseph, would you say that Joan Pelzer is your father's twin?
0: No. Okay,
2: <laughs> uh, Luca, you. uh, how was school today? School was it was cool. Anything special going on at school today? No, just a regular old day at school. Yes. Do you know what your father is celebrating today? I didn't tell you, so you don't, really uh, I don't know. I don't. Do you want to take a wild guess? Mm,
0: I still can't think of anything.
2: On um, thirty years ago today, this morning, and we'll talk about this at the end of the November show.
1: November sixteenth, nineteen ninety-two.
2: Unbelievable phone call from your grandfather who informed me that I passed the New York State bar exam and that I was going to be admitted as a lawyer. That was probably the greatest phone call I ever received in my life. But we're going to talk about more uh, about that at the end of the show because we have a very special guest. I just want to check in with Alex. Since everyone's here, we're going to bring everyone into the party. Um, You know, Alex Garrett, we we call him the the master of positivity. He's our sports guru. Um, Alex, I saw that um, Hal Steinbrenner gave some positive remarks about uh, Aaron Judge.
0: He did, and I think we're going to get him back. Uh, you know, they're going to do everything they can to get Aaron back. But you know the buzz is that Tony, Anthony Rizzo is back another day enjoying that one, right? So I think Judge is going to join him, though. I really have a good feeling here, so we'll have to see.
2: All right. And uh, congrats on, on those 30 years. It's pretty yeah, awesome. well, you know, I mean, I started off with no hair, and I still have no hair. Um, now, let let me get into the meat and potatoes of today because it's a very special day. It really is. I'm not blowing that out of proportion. I don't think a day goes by when I'm on this show that I don't remind you how fortunate I am to have this show. And it's a chance for me to spread my love for the city that I love. Um, But tonight, the reason why I'm particularly excited, right here in the studio, just feet away from me, um, is literally one of the most influential and effective members of Mayor Adams' administration. You better be ready with some applause. (laughs) Deputy Mayor for Operations, Mira Joshi. Okay, the audience can hear the applause because I don't have headphones. You know why? There's a short in here. I mean, you're the chief of operations in the city of New York. Could you imagine working without a headphone? I like to use
4: Bluetooth.
2: Yeah, well, yeah. You, if you think they got Bluetooth technology here, that, that ain't happening. Um, so let's talk, about, let's talk about a little bit just before I get into you. I want to talk a little bit about how the structure is in City Hall because people may not know. The job of deputy mayor was originally created by the little flower, Fiorello La Guardia, and the city charter, which is the document that kind of dictates the rules for the city, allows for up to seven deputy mayors. Currently under the Adams administration, there is one first deputy mayor, first deputy mayor Grillo, and five deputy mayors. As the deputy mayor for operations, deputy mayor Joshi is responsible for the city's infrastructure portfolio, and I cannot wait to hear her explain what that is, but all I know is... It's a lot. It's uh, five boroughs. and You know, we all think of Manhattan, Manhattan, Manhattan. Hey, I live in Brooklyn. Don't forget us. Um, It's five boroughs. But, you know, if you go on the Internet and do a little research like we did, there is a little clip out there where she explains to us what's going on
3: operations is to make sure that you feel secure when you leave your house and that when you're in your house the basics like running water and flushing toilets and heat and a stable building will also be there as well. We can't explain to people the value of what we do. They need to see it. People need to feel that the city is safer. They need to feel that the city is cleaner, and they need to feel that the city is prepared for the climate crisis that we're in. This isn't really about winning and losing. It's about guiding the city on the best course. If you prevented crashes, people don't know about that. They know about the crashes that happen.
2: All right, so we're going to get into that last segment about the preventing crashes and the crashes that happened, but I just need to let the listeners really know how exquisite your background is, and I'm not just throwing that out there. Um, you're a daughter of immigrant parents from, uh, and I was there at the South Asian Bar Association when you got the award from them. But um, you have an Indian dad and a British mom, correct? Yes. Okay, that's a little, that's. I don't know how common that is. I mean, I can tell you in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, that's not no, that no, common going on. Now you have a law degree from the University of Pennsylvania. I don't know if you heard, but I got my law degree from the City University of New York. 30 years ago today, I found out I passed the bar. If I applied to the University of Pennsylvania 33 years ago when I was applying to law school, I would have been indicted for like fraud or something like that. Um, You were in private practice for six years. And then I'm going to rattle this off because this is going to take up the whole show, your exquisite background. You were the Inspector General of the New York City Department of Corrections, which that's a whole show in and of itself. The Deputy Executive Director for the uh, Civilian Complaint Review Board. That could be another segment all of itself. The Chair and the CEO of the Taxi Limousine Commission, which announced today there's a 23% rent uh, uh, fare increase. That could be another segment for the show. And a visiting scholar at NYU's Rudin Center for Transportation Policy. Um let's and let's talk about the most important well, first of all you well i want to talk to you about president biden's nomination but to me as you met my son luca who's here your most important job is you're the mother of a young son
3: and a daughter and, and a daughter two stepchildren so i count them, and, I a think, yes, and a partridge in a pear tree. i yes, mean you got so it all, four going. all together
2: okay so you're going to give us a little lesson on time management because that's amazing um because i know what all you do and I know what it's like. To, as you see, I'm bringing my kids to work on a regular basis. So before we begin, a daughter of Philadelphia winds up raising children and having a key role in New York City government. What's up? The, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Phillies and Ben Franklin and Rocky and that wasn't enough for you? You had to get out of Philly? <laughs>
3: um, it's funny when you put it like that because I haven't thought of it in that timeline for a very long time. Um, I came to New York uh like many law students, because you get all of these exciting offers from large law firms, and you're just—they seem too good to be true. So you, you know, you'll go wherever they take you. Um And the pay at that time was unbelievable, and the well, perks of just moving from people, people on. Yeah, uh,
2: for <laughs> people who don't know, the University of Pennsylvania School of Law is—I don't know—a top five school in the nation. <laughs> I mean, it is way, way it's Harvard, Yale, Stanford, Princeton doesn't have a law school, and then probably UPenn. I mean, it's way, way up there. So. God bless you. And I'm sure in those six years, you made more money than I'll make in my whole (laughs) lifetime. So So that brought me to New York.
3: You know, so many people in Philadelphia look up to New York. We always wonder, you know, what is that big city? We don't consider ourselves as big of a city because we live in the shadow of New York. So this seemed just sort of like an exciting opportunity, not only to get the experience that you get in unparalleled experience in working in large law firms, but also a chance to come in and, and see and experience New York City, which I did.
2: Well, <laughs> and, and now you're not. <laughs> and re- then
3: I never left. <laughs> I was going to say, now
2: you're not experiencing it. You're, you're living it. I um, We're going to take a quick break. We brought you on early to make sure, you know, we have as much time with you as we possibly can. But we're talking to the Deputy Mayor of Operations of the City of New York. And she's going to tell us really like kind of what the ins and outs of her job are. She told us that we've, we've avoided some catastrophes. I definitely want to hear about that. And I don't know, maybe we'll take some questions from you. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. That's power of love. That's power of love. So 30 years ago, when I got that call, I was 24 years old. And now I am 54 years old. And you know what? I felt invincible then. I feel invincible now. But that doesn't mean something that can't change tomorrow. When we're healthy, we think we don't need a power of attorney or a healthcare proxy. We think we can worry about that when we're older or become sick and nothing can be further from the truth. The fact is, if something goes wrong, something happens, you get sick, you might not be able to designate a power of attorney or a healthcare proxy. And what happens then? The state or the courts may have to make those decisions for you. Is that what you want? Of course, it's not what you want. So it's essential to create a power of attorney and a healthcare proxy as soon as you can when you're healthy, when you're able to do it, when you're able to. Go visit our friends at Connors and Sullivan Attorneys at Law. They know their stuff because they've been doing this for 40 years. They've helped hundreds and hundreds and thousands now of people. They'll help you make a plan that protects you best. You'll designate who you want to make decisions for you. For a free in-person consultation with a lawyer, a lawyer, not a paralegal or anyone else with a lawyer, you're going to call 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500, and after you meet with them, trust me, folks, you will be so happy that you did.
4: ReliefFactor.com, 800-500-8384. Relief Factor was developed by doctors. I met uh, the chief architect, a very remarkable man, actually, and he's uh, dedicated to reducing human pain. It's a pretty good, uh, pretty good goal. It works, and if it doesn't work, you'll know it within three weeks. That's what they tell you. So they give you a special cheap price for three weeks, $19.95. So if you have back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or just getting older, you should order the three-week quick start, discounted to only nineteen ninety-five to see if it will work for you. It has for about 70% of the half million people who've tried it, and they've ordered more. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF, the number 4-RELIEF, to find out about this offer. Feel the difference.
1: Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Power Hour with Arthur Idala. a new generation of independent, modern, and savvy consumers who want styling and value are looking at the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander and finding Mitsubishi's industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty and available seven-passenger seating makes Outlander an outstanding choice. Drive one today at Freehold Mitsubishi for best selection. Let's go. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788.
2: One of my favorite songs in the whole world. Joe Hassan, my brother from another mother who I lost on 9-11. When we were in high school at Poly Prep, this song would come on. We would lose our minds. And one month from tonight, for one night only, at Haswell Greens, that 80s rock sensation Rapid Pulse will be taking the stage at the Idola Power Hour Christmas Party and bringing down the house. Now... Our next guest doesn't bring down the house. She actually makes sure the house stays up. And we're very excited to have her here. Um, you know, Deputy Mayor, I, I've had the mayor on the show several times. I've had Frank Corona on the show several times. And other people from the administration. But they always call in. It's so nice to have you here in the studio. Um, because, I don't know, it's just there's a, a lot better back and forth. And um, I know how busy you are. So I want to just ask you, like, what... Is the day of the deputy mayor of operations of the city of New York like? What times it start? Is there a beginning, middle, end? Does the, do weekends exist? When do you get to do what Sam Bolino did, which was go see his three year old perform in a little school play today?
3: Well, I think being a parent, a working parent, helps you prepares you well for the kinds of balancing acts that you have to do as deputy mayor of operations. So you basically do have to commit to giving up a lot of flexibility, a lot of time, and you have to talk to your family about how unavailable you'll be, even when you're at home, because you may be home, but mentally you're not home. You're working on problems that are happening and being fed to you through your lovely device that you carry with you everywhere. Um, well, so I would imagine devices. You devices, probably, you know. <laughs> yes, that's true. There's two of them. Um, so I think w- the first part is you have to s- set expectations with your family and your friends, and this is going to be different. There's going to be a lot less of me available. Um, And second, you have to have a good staff and a good team and be very organized about how you're using your time because every time you waste time, you're wasting taxpayer dollars. Four years goes by quickly. I keep saying that to everybody. We have to be productive on every day. And every day is different, but it's usually a combination of being outside and either like this morning I was at uh, a two-acre lot in Brooklyn that's now nothing, but in two years is going to be a learning farm that will be built by the school construction authority. So we'll have actually a place for elementary school kids to farm, have composting, have a kitchen, an outdoor learning experience, and then in the summer the community can use it as well for programming and Farmers' markets. But that takes a lot of operational pieces to come together to get to the day where you can break ground on something like that. And then we'll go through the day, maybe briefing the mayor on several critical issues where we need final decisions and are making recommendations. He's an extremely, um, I'd say, disciplined leader in that every day something is getting done on his calendar. So he makes sure that every moment is filled. And so we use those times to make sure that we're able to brief him on critical issues. Well, that's my exact question. How
2: easy is it for you as a deputy mayor to get access to the mayor himself?
3: He makes it easy because he is a really hard worker. There's no other way to put that. And so he wants to constantly be working. And so there's always time for him, and he will make time if you've got a critical issue, a time-sensitive issue, a complicated issue that you need to brief him on. He will make sure that he makes time to and that. And as the
2: deputy mayor of operations, do you get, like, direct access to him? In other words, you're just texting him directly, emailing him directly, or is there, like, a whole protocol situation?
3: We we have good access to the mayor because there's not much between us and the mayor.
2: So, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm, I mean, basically, the kind of the executive staff is the chief of staff, the counsel to the mayor, um, the first deputy mayor, and then the five of you, correct?
3: Yes. And it's also— And Ingrid. The, Ingrid, you can't, and Ingrid, yeah, Ingrid, yeah. You yeah. can't yeah. leave
2: Ingrid out of the mix. Ingrid but it's Martin also has been the, with the mayor for, I don't know, 20-some-odd years.
3: Yeah, Absolutely. And it's the nature of this mayor, which is he actually has access to lots of people and lots of people have access to him because that's the way he leads. He likes to make sure that people feel comfortable that he they that, that, to know that he's listening. And so lots of people don't have direct access, but he's very um, disciplined about making sure that. Whoever that person is talking to within City Hall is getting the message eventually to him or to one of his advisors. So I think that sets him apart as mayor um, than some other mayors who may want to put up a few more barriers between themselves and the public.
2: So we're talking to Deputy Mayor Joshi. Um, Did he, when you initially interviewed for the job, um, did he kind of give you his vision or... or give you a mandate or tell you, listen, whoever fills this position, this is what I want, this is what needs to accomplish, this is the kind of leader, because you're obviously a leader. How many, um, I don't, what do I call it, bureaus? How many things in my world it would be bureaus in right. your world do you supervise or, under your supervision? We
3: have the infrastructure portfolio, and I like to think of that as it's all of our public space and all of our everyday services. So I think of everyday services are ones where, Everyone uses them like trash pickup. Right. Okay. That's an everyday service. It's so that not, doesn't
2: fall under the Department of Sanitation?
3: It is, but tra- Department of Sanitation uh, reports into my office. Oh, okay. So That's the agencies that report into you. me are the Department of Transportation, the Parks Department, Department of Buildings, Department of Sanitation, the School Construction Authority, and the D- Department of Design and Construction. I uh, think of those as our municipal construction agencies. Whenever okay. we're building something for the city, it goes through those two agencies the Taxi and Limousine Commission.
2: That's under you as well? Yes. And you were the head of that. Yeah, so, so that, that person's a little... Yeah, yeah, yeah you got a <laughs> leg up there. They're not going to pull
3: any wool over your eyes. Yeah, you? and then the Department of Environmental Protection, our water, our water service, so our running water and wow. our wastewater. Um, and then we have a, a, a climate office, which coordinates the climate priorities for all of the city that comes under us too so it is a tremendous amount of roadway green space buildings so each one of those agencies has
2: their own commission exactly and the mayor appointed those commissioners yes okay yeah now does he in general does he appoint those commissioners with your involvement or any deputy mayor's involvement or he does that on his own
3: he definitely does it with the deputy mayor's involvement and also the transition team so coming into the coming into office mm-hmm. he got a lot of feedback from his transition
2: team okay so since you're responsible for outside um let's talk about you know everyone's talking about rats right you know about the i'm sure you, you when the mayor was on he's like i hate rats um the these outdoor kiosks that have been you know didn't exist 2 years ago and now they're still very omnipresent what's the status with them going forward
3: so i'm glad you asked because there is you know a back and forth and i think we're working really well with city council now on try to figure out what's the permanent program for outdoor dining What we have now is the result of what happened in the middle of the pandemic and a real need to make sure that restaurants could stay alive. And the people that worked in restaurants still had work because none of those people could telework. We were all home cooking and whatever, but they were out of work. So it was a huge, huge economic driver for the city at a time when we were at a really down point. It created, I think, over 100,000 jobs. Um, We have about 10,000 open restaurants now. But what we need to do now is make sure that it's a permanent program and it's an inviting program and it has really good standards so that there aren't any eyesores out there and people feel confident in the program. We did start a task force to take the abandoned sheds out, to take the ones that are really so egregious violators. who does that? Violators. Sanitation? That falls under me as well, and it's a group of agencies. So it's sanitation, the Department of Transportation, as well as NYPD, and the Department of Health, and, and they all work together. And so, We've had
2: Commissioner Tish on the show. Yeah. And she seems very enthusiastic about...
3: That's her, an her. understatement, and I'm yeah. excited about that. Yeah, listen, <laughs>
2: listen, she's got big shoes to fill. I mean, I know... Uh, it was it was Mayor Adams' adversary, but Commissioner Garcia was no joke either when yes. she was reading the Department of Sanitation. Um, it's about to come to wintertime. Are we ready for snow removal and keeping the city up and running?
3: Yes, we are. So we spend a lot of time on the off hours preparing for snow. We always have our salts salt storage up and ready we have our staffing ready we have the equipment ready we switch out the snow plows on the truck so everything is ready um so i'd say you know we look at the weather we plan but we're certainly ready for the worst obviously
2: you don't need to reinvent the wheel so do you look at you know what your predecessors did in terms of snow removal and what works and what didn't work and is it how technologically advanced is it? Is it all computerized now? Which blocks are going and when and the priorities? And it all is that in
3: part. You know, you can see on the plow NYC exactly where all the snow plows are going. You can watch it happen. Um, and we watch the weather reports. The critical issue for snow removal is that the weather reports, no matter how many you get, they're never perfect. Right. Oh, so well, you, you know can that. only prepare to what you. Here? It's the best job being yes. a person. You can be
2: wrong all the time. You don't lose your job. And
3: so the ultimate um, response is you over-prepare because you assume that the weather report may not be accurate and at least you're not caught out there. And so obviously there's a level of over-preparedness that we do every year.
2: So I know this doesn't fall under your purview, but I am disagreeing with the, with the mayor's policy, I guess it's from the Department of Education, that there's no more snow days for kids. Come on! There used to be so much fight. I mean, you would pray. So now it's going to There's be virtual. There's no greater joy be, than waking up and right? hearing look, it's a snow. I mean, day. look, it's I mean, it's I mean, it brings you so much happiness. Mm. So it is six twenty-nine. I mean, I'm going to go over your head. Am I allowed to keep her for like another eight minutes or so? Five minutes, eight minutes. Mm. Like I, I love this. I'm going, <laughs> I'm going to your. I mean, this, this. Listen, you realize Mayor Adams's legacy is being created right as we speak. And when he comes on and, and he does his public appearances, it's obviously self-serving, right? He wants to give the best image possible. But here you are in the nuts and bolts, and you're not technically a politician. So you're really providing a service to the listeners right now as to kind of how city government works and, like, real, real issues. So thank you for staying for a couple more minutes. I want to talk to you a little bit about congestion pricing and some of these scaffoldings I see outside. And then you could go do the 500 <laughs> other things you have to do. All right. We'll be right back, folks. Don't go anywhere. And if you want to go somewhere really fun and have a really good time um i mean i've been telling you guys about this for uh, over a month now um, we were we did the client cruise on the atlantis yacht um and it is just an unforgettable experience there is you know, we're talking to a deputy mayor who's the child of immigrants, and uh, you know my great grandparents obviously came on those ships and went right in front of the statue of Liberty and There's nothing like it. The chills that it sends up your spine, the appreciation you have for this country and this state and this city, it's just unmatched while you're partying. So you're eating, you're drinking, you're on this ship, and there's Lady Liberty. You're going underneath the the, um, Brooklyn Bridge. You're looking at the skyline. You're looking at the Liberty Tower. It is just really, really very, very special. So um, you should do what we do here at Salem What we do at the Colombian Lawyers Association, what we've done personally, is you should call New York Cruises at 212-633-1231, 212-633-1231, or go to www.newyorkcruises.com and book your unforgettable event today.
4: I always wanted to learn Spanish, but I never thought I'd have the time. Then I discovered Babbel.
2: Babbel's lessons are fun.
0: They only take like 10 or 15 minutes, and in three weeks, presto, you're starting to speak another language, like magic.
4: I love that Babbel's lessons aren't just robots talking. They're voiced by native speakers, so you get the pronunciation just right. If you want to learn a language, there's no faster, easier, better way than Babbel. Babbel.
1: Babbel. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Babbel.com. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Power Hour with Arthur Idala. Come experience the all-new 2023 Mitsubishi PHEV, our plug-in hybrid electric vehicle. Bold. Capable. Electrifying. Reserve yours today. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. Freehold Mitsubishi. Just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri-state area. 732-863-2788. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala.
2: Well, I can't even really wear the hat of quintessential New Yorker, even though she's from Philadelphia. Uh, Deputy Mayor for Operations of the City of New York, Mira Joshi. I mean, right now, she is wearing the title of quintessential New Yorker because she's really taking care of us. She's in charge of so many different agencies that keep us safe and keep us moving and give us water and electricity. Um, so you were the you were the TLC commissioner, correct? Taxi yes. Agency. So today they announced, I think it was today, right? That's, that's a twenty three percent increase um, in taxi fares. Now I will tell you, I am a huge taxi advocate. Um, I don't. I try to avoid the app stuff. I think those the taxi guys are hardworking people, men and women, and I'm, I'm just a big supporter. I also don't like the price gouging on the on the app. So I'm a big yellow cab guy. Like I will wait for a while to get the yellow and I'll use the Curb app and the Avo app and all that. Twenty three percent sounds like a big number. So you're the commish, you know what's up?
3: So it is you're the you're the former former commish commish. who now looks now as
2: your capacity as a deputy mayor, you're even higher than the Commission. So what's up?
3: I was um the general counsel at TLC the last time the taxi drivers got a rate increase. And a lot of uh, the medallion owners sued over it. They didn't think the drivers should get a rate increase um, without them also getting an increase on how much they could charge for their leases so it would those sort of undercut the the driver's increase when you when you raise them both. so the tables have really turned because there's a big increase now for drivers, and the medallion owners are not asking for a lease increase because the market is so down, that they're looking for people to lease their medallions, let alone lease them at a certain rate. But the truth is, the cost of everything has gone up. And when we pay any worker, they take that money and have to go and pay for their essentials, for their rent, for their bread, for their milk, for their gas, for their essentials. And as that goes up, we need to adjust for that cost. So talk to
2: me just generally about numbers. Like you said, things are down. Is it my perception or am I accurate that there seems to be less yellow cabs out there? Absolutely, they're there's all half
3: the number about than there were oh. in 2013. Okay,
2: and what happened to the green cabs? Are they like almost gone or?
3: Yeah, they're almost gone. So that was, a, a, that was would a- have been a great policy at the wrong time. As green taxis came on to provide outer borough service uber and lyft entered the market and they also provided outer borough service so the thing the communities had been angling for for years which is a way to get on-demand service in the outer boroughs it took government way too long to come up with that solution the moment we came up with it we were outpaced and that's exactly what happened with the green taxis
2: and um so let's tie this into congestion pricing, because I think the, the number 23 is also, isn't that talking about $23 to come in and out of the city? I mean, and I know the state has a lot to do with this, but you really have your fingers on the pulse of, of a lot of this, for real. We're talking to the deputy mayor of operations. Is the goal to make Manhattan like Bermuda, like, a, you know, a, a car-free zone?
3: So it is a state. Uh, state, the state is the architect of the program. The money all goes to the MTA and the goal of the program is to raise money to improve public transit so that more people are taking public transit and less people are using their cars and more people are on the buses and on the subway system so it's supposed to do that it's also going to help with air quality because it will reduce the emissions and of cars coming into the city because the price tag will dissuade people from wanting to take their personal car all by themselves some people will choose to carpool some people will choose to take an electric bike. Some people will choose not to go in Manhattan. Some people will choose to take a bus. The point is we also have to have reliable other options if we're going to say it costs a premium to drive your car by yourself into the city.
2: So isn't it like a chicken or an egg thing? In other words, the the mass transit has got to be better before you start telling people they can't come in, so... How do you juggle yeah, the finances? Yeah, it's absolutely
3: there? a chicken or the egg. You uh, and you have to do them at the same time for a successful congestion pricing. You have to be investing in improving mass transit at the same time that that uh, price point comes in, that the increased price point and, for and, taking and your car.
2: What about like you know delivery trucks and and things like that? You know people or folks who I I don't know. I'm trying to think of all the you know I'm a criminal defense attorney. I'm always thinking of the problems, but even you know, there are some people. You know, what if you just come into the city to go on the FDR and come out? I mean, I'm assuming there's some all kinds of contingencies regarding this.
3: So there are um, exempted places. Right. So the FDR that, you know, the two highways right. that the border Manhattan are exempted. Emergency vehicles are exempted. You get a tax credit if you're below 60,000 and you're in the congestion zone. The delivery trucks are, you know, that's going to be factored into the cost of doing business. So wow. it will end. So that up being, comes to us. Yeah, it ends up being a cost the consumer pays. Um, it's a cost also for, you know, every every everybody on that chain. But the other cost that happens regardless is if we continue to have so much congestion in Manhattan, we continue to pay through traffic jams for delay because there's a cost to that too. There's a cost for delivery trucks not being able to load and unload easily because the everybody's double parked so you pay for it either way you either pay for it as a fee or you're gonna pay for it because of the the
2: cost of congestion so I'm gonna be honest the hardest part of this interview is I could speak to you for the week <laughs> let alone for uh, two segments um, you were um, I, and I don't want the listeners cuz I'm gonna be like you didn't follow up on this you didn't follow up on that I, I know I know there were follow-up questions I feel like this is a cross-examination <laughs> a trial but, and there's plenty of stuff I want to talk to you about, but I want, I want to touch on some other issues while we're talking to the deputy mayor of operations of the city. You were the inspector general of the city's Department of Corrections. Give me a State of the Union of Rikers, and you know this is what I do on a regular basis. I'm in 100 Center Street, 120, uh, 120 Skimmerhorn Street. You know Where are we with Rikers Island and the Brooklyn House of Detention and Queens and all that stuff? Sure. I mean, that's certainly one of the hardest jobs I ever
3: had, because in that position, you were really in trying to find and an actually, you know, investigate and ultimately prosecute instances of corruption within the Department of Correction. So every day was jam packed. I'll put it like that. Um,
2: yeah, it's kind of would, interesting when my clients call me from a cell phone. And
3: Yes, I've had those calls, too, where <laughs> oh I'm like, God. so you're in lockdown and you're calling from a cell phone. Mm, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, But in some ways, things have really, really progressed already. Because if you look at the population, when I worked in corrections, it was almost double what it is today of inmates. We have about 5,000 inmates on Rikers. The borough jail plan contemplates 3,200 beds across the four jails that are planned, one for each borough. So that means the population comes down again. Or we have to add facilities in addition to those fortune. What are they doing
2: in the tombs in Manhattan? They're taken they down. They will be
3: yeah. They will be taken down and then the same footprint but a new facility
2: built up. That'll take what, a decade?
3: Oh, let's hope not. That's not the plan. The, no, plan, what is the plan is that um, I mean, it, it doesn't. A,
2: there's a building in Manhattan that has that to that come the down, and a is, new one's got to come yeah, up. Yeah,
3: demolition mean. has started, um, and the new building will go up. I mean, they're all on schedule. The Queens one, I think, is the first. the the furthest along there's been a a garage that's being finished there Uh, but each of those sites are going through and I don't know this might appeal to some of your listeners not all of them Um, they're using design build which is a way that we can do construction in the city that's faster the design and the build is contracted out together rather than separate bids so the hope is that they are built on time and under budget um, but we can't forget that we're in a, a, a time of inflation and a time of supply chain
2: squeeze. So those the, are real. Is the Brooklyn House of Detention coming down or it's the, the one on Atlantic Avenue?
3: Yeah, that one will also be same footprint, but it will be a new building.
2: So and and then is the plan to eliminate Rikers?
3: The plan is to eliminate Rikers and reuse it. There is a local law that requires um, Rikers to shut down and to be reimagined as another city use,
2: which could be a variety of places. People are going to think this sounds nuts, but Rikers Island is actually a beautiful place. Like, not the jail itself, right. but you know what I mean. Yes. When I go there and it's a sunny day, you're, I mean, it, it's a beautiful it's a, location. Yeah, it's a, it's a, You're looking at LaGuardia Airport. It's it's very cool. All right, so we got two minutes left. Thank you for your time, and you're really doing a service. I mean, all day long, every minute of the day you're doing a service, but people really enjoy listening to this. Just give me one extra minute, will you? <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Sam Bolino over here, like, you know, we're going to 60 Minutes is on next. Just chill out. We can mm. go with the, the next live read one minute later. Because it's an important question. You see, my son Luca is here. I have a six-year-old son Arthur. I have a tomorrow is my daughter's birthday. She's going to be one. Oh wow, Mira, if I may call you that. Like I've never been in love, with, like a little girl. No offense, Luca, but you know, a little daughter, <laughs> especially when He's you know offended. he now he can't be offended. <laughs> he knows, his Daddy, how much his dad loves him. But you know, I do my best, whether it's with this radio show, my as a lawyer, the, the bar ex, uh, associations I'm involved with, community events. To make the city the best place it could be forever and ever. I'm, I, you're not seeing me in Florida. No disrespect to Florida. I'll go there for Disney for a week, but I'm not leaving. Um, what kind of city do you want your children to inherit? What, like, what is your dream? What do you? That's are your, a great you question. You have, you know, you have. Let's just say you're going to stay on for the whole Adams administration, which I'm predicting is going to be another seven years. You know what? What? What's your vision? What do you see?
3: What I want for my kids is what I think I want for every New Yorker, which is a city which has a strong foundation, an extremely strong foundation, which allows them to be the best that they can be. So it's nothing about living in this city sucks them down. They're able to get around. They're able to enjoy public space. They're able to get a good education, to enjoy art, to find plenty of places to live affordably, to enjoy the cultural institutions in our restaurants. To enjoy, because what's amazing about New York is the people who come here and the people who stay here. It's the creativity. It's the more time and space they have to be creative and come up with novel ideas and do great things. That's where our greatness comes from, our people. And as long as we give them the foundation and the tools and the ability and the space to do that, then we'll continue to be and rise above our already amazing status
2: see you see Zambolino, I gave him more time <laughs> I I sensed the greatness I sensed it was coming um Mira Joshi if I if I may say so I get to talk to the mayor on the phone and coron on the phone and others but it's so nice to have you here I appreciate it very very much I know your time is very valuable um as a mother and as a as someone who's really serving the city in, in so many capacities Um, Do you ever just feel A little overwhelmed Like oh my god I have this I have that I have scaffolding I have to worry about Electricity I have to worry about Water I have to worry about Or are you able to Kind of breathe and do some yoga or whatever and, and keep it all in control. I think I try to do both every day. All right. <laughs> all right, folks. This is the Author Idol Power Hour. We just had a very, very special, I don't know, I'm, I'm sure you're mad at me um, for how much time I've taken up, <laughs> but I, I know that we're going to get such positive feedback on this, and it really is a service to the city for people to hear how the, the city is working and how it's going. And as I said to someone this morning when they asked me to a- assess the Adams administration, I said, I know one thing, that they're all working very, very hard. And you embody that. So thank you so much. Uh, we had a great little time with you. Great, thank Thanks. you. And you're welcome anytime. Anytime you got to get the word out, like this new stadium, this is new soccer stadium going up yes. that was announced tonight. That's a we're excited about that. Twenty five thousand people in Queens.
3: Yes, Willets. Yes, uh,
2: Willets. All we right. We have
3: to send uh, Deputy Mayor Maria Torres Springer for the next in person show.
2: Joan, I'm on it. Joan, Joan <laughs> Pelzer is on it. Thank <laughs> you so much, Mira Joshi, the Deputy Mayor of. Operations And say hello to your chief of staff. I think he's a great guy. I will. All right. Thanks, everyone. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Walking back house, walking on the moon. So, you know what I'm going to talk about now. I am going to talk about court reporting because today we had a deposition in the office. And guess who we had to wait for a couple of minutes? The court reporter. um, I'm not complaining. They're, They're very important. You don't want to mess with them because they have some control over your case. Court reporters and captioners are in higher demand than ever before. Court systems, schools, television stations, they're all looking for these professionals to record and caption everything from depositions to court cases to live events. The NCRA has partnered up with Plaza College to offer a free two-week virtual seminar that gives you a glimpse into the world of court reporting and captioning. The program is called A to Z and is being offered free and can be completed from the convenience of your home. So sign up today by emailing info at plazacollege.edu, info at plazacollege.edu, that's info at plazacollege.edu.
1: Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Power Hour with Arthur Idala. a new generation of independent, modern, and savvy consumers who want styling and value are looking at the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander and finding Mitsubishi's industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty and available seven-passenger seating makes Outlander an outstanding choice. Drive one today at Freehold Mitsubishi for best selection. Let's go. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. New York City's first and only life plan community, River's Edge, will soon be built on a 32-acre campus along the Hudson River just minutes away from Grand Central and Riverdale. River's Edge, a community for adults ages 62 and up, provides peace of mind knowing that if your health changes, your needs can be met seamlessly right where you live. You have a life plan with easy access to uninterrupted on-site care at no additional cost, no matter how your needs change. River's Edge, your plan for calm. Call 844 55 river that's 844-55-RIVER or visit riversedge.org.
0: Today, it's Wellness Wednesday on Radio Night Live with Kevin McCullough. Sponsored by Balance of Nature, the whole fruit and vegetable capsule, delivering your maximum nutrition in every dose. 100% whole food nutrition with the taste, smell, and color of pure fruits and veggies as nature intended just for you. Try them now and see for yourself. 35% off and free shipping. Call now, 800-246-8751 or balanceofnature.com. And don't miss Wellness Wednesday tonight At 7 p.m. on AM 970. The answer. Turbulent times call for clear headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. The new Salem News Channel, the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. Home to the people you trust Dennis Prager, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Refreshingly honest, always unfiltered. Streaming free on your TV 24 7. Intelligent analysis for intelligent people. Find what you're looking for at snc.tv. That's snc.tv. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970, The Answer.
2: Welcome back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour at 649 on a Wednesday night. Luca is in the house with Joan and Sambalino. Sambalino, what's up with this tune? We built this city. It was a biggie. I it was a biggie.
0: it was a big hit, and actually it, it was a big hit. It started a two-week run at the number one single in the U.S. single chart today in
2: 1985. It was also number 12 in the U.K. So 1985. Right now, I was in college in 1985. Um, it was a big tune. Luca. you into this song? We built this city or not really? Uh, it's okay. It's okay? I mean, you don't dislike it, but you don't really love, love it? Love this song. How could you not love it? Yeah, Basically, I
0: don't like it, but I don't like dislike it.
2: All right. I mean, Luca, how about the fact that Joni said like she thinks we're twins? Can you please speak about that again? I your twin. Luca, can you talk about it again, please?
0: Uh, no, I don't think the two of you are twins. Thank you very
2: much. Well, that, why not? Don't you think your dad's much cooler? Oh, come on, Luca. Uh, give me a little. Don't you think here. your dad's much cooler? Yeah, than? I do. All right. Um, so, first of all, that was very cool, um, and I do want to thank Joan, who we love torturing on this show. Uh, Mira Joshi uh, is a very charming woman, who is a. I mean, all kidding aside, we're talking about me passing the bar thirty years ago. The University of Pennsylvania School of Law is, I, again, I it's like top five, top three. I mean, it's it was then; it is now. Um, her resume. I mean, and she made a comment about the money she made. I mean, Sam Bellino, you leave the University of Pennsylvania, and I don't. I don't think I'm giving up a confidence here. Her and I are around the same age, so she probably graduated '93, and I graduated '92. She's two years. You're you're, you're making you're making a lot of you're making hundreds of thousands like hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars not bad for fresh out of college yeah twenty five years old i mean right. you're, you know you're making a quarter of a million three hundred thousand four hundred i mean that's when you have that's a lot of money but when you're not married and you don't have kids it's an enormous amount of money <laughs> now you know you don't know people's personal situation do they have loans they have things to pay back but she could have just stayed on that track, and literally, if the trajectory of people who leave that school, who stay in the private sector, she'd be making millions of dollars now. And she gave all that up, um, and she's had all these un- unbelievable jobs. And look, they're very interesting, and I remember Sal Albin, the New York City councilman, telling me when I was a kid, even though you don't get rich, there's nothing like public service, this sense of gratification and satisfaction. That you're helping your fellow citizen. Now, I'm not going to lie. I get a lot of that gratification and satisfaction when I'm helping a, a client. I, you know, I'm not representing Pepsi and Kentucky Fried Chicken and Dunkin' Donuts. I'm j- representing John Doe, James Doe, Jim's Doe. Um, so I, I get to check off that box. And I still get to buy Luca tickets to go see The Who, U2, um, Rolling Stones. Who am I leaving out, Luca? Um Billy Joe. Billy Joel. Yeah,
4: Billy Joel. Um
2: Dire Straits. Yeah, sure. Dire Straits. <laughs> um so uh I, I just wanted to tip my hat to Mira Joshi and uh the she's uh, our chief of staff is Jimmy Otto, who was the um the Bar President of Staten Island, an immensely talented man, um who I know he is very invested in it. I, I like texted him if, he, if I wanted if you wanted to have dinner, if he was available. And he was like, sure, I'll meet you at 10 o'clock, which for me is not a problem because I'm usually working pretty late. Luke, did you decide what we're doing for dinner tonight?
4: Uh,
0: Still thinking about it. You want
2: to eat in Brooklyn or in Manhattan?
0: Um, Brooklyn.
2: All right. So we'll go to Brooklyn. We'll get something to eat. We'll take the R train right down the block. Um, But, Luke, this morning I went into the closet in in the house right outside of your room and I found a T-shirt. And um, it's a T-shirt that was 30, that is 30 years old. Um, On the morning of November the 16th, 1992, it was a Monday morning. And I, um, we all knew through the grapevine that the bar exam results, the the test that you take to become a lawyer after four years of high school, four years of college, three years of law school, and then you spend that whole summer studying for the bar. I took the bar, I think it was the last two days of July and, and August 1st. And then you wait all of August, September, October, uh, and November. I, in that period of time, I worked for Sal Albanese uh, for his campaign for um, Congress against Susan Molinari, where I met my friend Sean Hines. And um, I knew, we knew the bar results were coming out. I knew the mail got delivered around 11 a.m. And here was the deal, Sam Bolino. You didn't even have to open it up. If you got the regular size skinny envelope, you met your past.
0: Oh, that was the good news envelope. If
2: you got the thick envelope, or I think it was eight and a half by eleven, that meant you failed, and it was the you know had to, it was the application for the to take it again. To take it again. <laughs> so I stayed in bed. I stayed up late the night before Sunday night, and I stayed in bed late because I didn't want to like be waiting on pins and needles for the mail to be delivered. And the phone rang around 930 but I blew it off but it turns out that was my mother my mother actually found out the news before anyone because her principal was dear friends with the man uh, who was in charge of the character and fitness committee and he got the results at 8 in the morning of the morning that they were going to be in everyone's mailbox Um, but I didn't take my mother's call and then at 11 it rang and I was like you know what let me get up and as I go to get the phone The um, answering machine, old school answering machine, clicked on with a cassette tape in it. So this whole thing I'm about to tell you is recorded. So I answer it, and I know what it is because I've heard it many times, and I'm all groggy, I'm like, hello? What, are you still sleeping? It's my father. Are you still sleeping? I'm like, yeah. Uh, He says, "Uh, uh, did you get the mail? And I go, no. I go, you want me to go get it now? And he said, you don't have to. Now, that was like a bucket of ice water being dropped on my head, right? And... In these milliseconds that are going by now, I'm thinking, would my father be calling me to tell me I failed? Or is he just calling to give me good news? My father and I have this type of excellent relationship where he would. Like, I'm all alone in Queens, and if I failed, he may want to give me that speech like, don't worry, son, it's going to be okay. But I just said, uh, I said, you know? He's like, yeah. Do you want me to tell you? And I remember, like, I literally braced my feet. And I have the old like cordless phone that had the big metal antenna right. coming out of the back. And, then, and I'm like, okay. And I'm like, I mean, I, my heart is pounding on a level that's unimaginable. And he says, You know those new pair of black Pratesi boots, the Italian boots you saw me polishing and you were admiring? And I'm like, Yeah. And I'm thinking, What the hell is he talking about? He goes, Congratulations, they're yours. And I go, Dad, I passed? And now I don't hear anything. I go, Dad, I passed. I passed. And I don't hear anything. I go, Dad, did I pass? And he's crying. He's crying. Wow. And all he says on the other end of the phone is, I'm so proud of you. And, Sam Bellino, I lost my mind. I run out. I'm, I run into the street in my underwear, screaming and yelling. I, It felt like cinder blocks fell off my shoulders. But all my friends had jobs. I didn't. So there was no what? one for me.
0: It's not just passing a test. You just you know. What I become a be lawyer. Yes, my whole career. Life.
2: Absolutely, which is great. By the time I get to Brooklyn later on that day, my mother's got this T-shirt made up that I wore today, and my sister came home, and I will never forget calling my grandmother, uh, May the Piazza from Queens, telling her I passed. I was very close with her, and her big words of wisdom were, uh, "Are you?" Uh, are you coming from Queens to Brooklyn? And I said, yes. Yeah. She's like, oh good. Could you bring me some bananas? Because my potassium is low. Um, so I did bring grandma the, the, the bananas. I, my buddy, Sean Hines cut out of work and we went for a beer and, um, That next day, I had a meeting with District Attorney Joe Hines where he offered me a position in the District Attorney's office, and my life was changed forever and for the better. So happy anniversary to me because nobody was more surprised I passed that test than I was. See you tomorrow, folks. Have a great night.
0: I'm in a New York state of mind.
2: The
1: preceding program sponsored by Freehold Mitsubishi